Robert England, alias Freddy Krueger. Comes his first directorial movie. What's up, Chuck? A movie reliving a nightmare. Let him go! The powers of darkness have returned. Return to capture their souls. Don't worry about others. You'll damage your pride. They'll soon regret it. The souls of the innocent. Someday soon, you're going to be down here and I'm going to spit on you. A real man has the nerves to take what he deserves. Some say it's a warning from God. A warning about what? Are you ready? I'm ready. Take it. You're too late, Palmer. England's 976 Evil. Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and germs, to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. I'm your host, Colin. I'm surrounded by the internet radio superstars, including Travis, Brent, Gary. Welcome oh, aboard, Gary. Gary, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, tonight was Travis's movie pick. What did we watch, Travis? We watched 976 Evil, one of my favorite cheesy horror movies from the 80s. Directed by? Robert England, Freddy Krueger himself. Dun, dun, dun. Starring Stephen Jeffries, the guy that played Evil in Fright Night. What else was he in? What was that movie Stephen Jeffries was in where he's like some senior student and they're going to go to Mexico and like... Fuck a whore. Fraternity Vacation. Oh, was it Fraternity Vacation? <laughs> it's like one of the only other movies I remember him from. Was that like, before Fright Night? That was before Fright Night. Yeah. Uh, Amanda Bierce was in that as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh. That was before his illustrious career in gay porn. Yes. Way yeah. before that. Yeah. He was also I didn't think we were going to talk about that. Jesus Christ. Well, it's like, what happened to the fucking guy? Like, you know, I mean, he's obviously starting out in, you know, in Hollywood films. And then he was in three relatively at least successful. I don't know how. Fright Night was successful. Yeah. No, it wasn't actually, was it? It was like a modest box office success that I think found its it, home. It was in, more of a cult film than it picked up after it was out of the box office more or less yeah it was a video home video i think moon 44 is what actually killed oh shit yeah he was in that too right yeah that was the roland emmerich that was his first movie i want to say roland emmerich's first movie michael beret yeah it's on a moon base oh that's right yeah you're talking 44 or the convicts and the kids pilot the vehicles Yeah. yeah It's one of those, like, it stands out from the rest of, like, other 80s stuff because it has, like, a distinct, you know, look. I mean, it, it looks kind of nice. And it was in the porn. Then, did he ever come back from porn? <laughs> I think so, right? He did, like, Mr. Hush. That was, like, a year or two ago. Oh, yeah, that's the one that has the poster that looks exactly looks like exactly Trick or Treat. Looks exactly like Trick or Treat. Yeah, yeah, the new Trick or Treat, not the old one. But I've always liked this movie because... Uh, kind of weird like being in the 90s well more not even the 90s but more in the year 2000 where horror movies you know start becoming about cell phones start becoming about computers 
where to me this is like one of those first like technological like horror movies where hey, it's using a phone so you know the devil's using modern technology to get to you now mm. you know mm-hmm. using fucking pagers or whatever you know <laughs> yeah and it yeah. follows in like the tradition of like video drone or, yeah or, or it's another i would even say the ring you know just the idea that just this 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 random like home technology is somehow used by evil. Didn't they do a cell phone one? Where the, the cell? Yeah, was it was the cell? Uh, or? No, it was uh, one, one missed call. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One yeah. missed call. Yeah. When the Japanese were doing their, like, you know, haunted or some kind of evil. Yeah. Uh, evil phones. Evil, yeah. <laughs> that was like, you, you get the answer the, the devil. call and then you, you die. Yeah. So. <laughs> like 34 minutes later. Now, right? But yeah. even the ring, even though it was a videotape, she still used the phone and be like, hello, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, you she'd know? call you back. <laughs> yeah. I'll get back to you. <laughs> Would you accept a collect call from, what was that girl's name? Say, uh, Sadako. Samara? Was talking? it Samara? The ring the, girl. What in, was her name? In the American one, it was Samara. It's like a courtesy call. Like, we noticed you recently rented our video. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think? Well, that was what was, was happening in this movie. Like, it, the movie starts off with this, like, completely, you know, extraneous <laughs> scene where a guy is being chased down a... <laughs> By ringing phones. I love yeah. that. It's such a weird, like, what the it fuck? It has the old car phone in it ringing. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, like, and really, there's no yeah. escape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then the phone, he answers with a payphone, and it explodes into flames. Yeah, which is a nice, like, cryptic way of starting a movie, right? Like, oh, man, whoever that was from. You know. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, bad yeah. title card placement, because, like, the phone booth explodes, then that's when you have 976 Evil. But they didn't do that. Yeah, they didn't do that. No. And 976, for all you youngins out there, used to be, like, yeah, a prefix I never heard code for, I want to say, like, adult party lines or something. Well, and, and at the time the movie was out, that was the big thing. Everything was from wrestling to horoscopes to sex talk. It was all nine, on 976 six. numbers, yeah. yeah. yeah and your parents would get after time. you for using them. So, because it was, like, two ninety nine a minute or whatever it was, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Did it actually, on the little flyer that he had, because the, the characters get this flyer for, like, call for your horoscope, horror 976 scope. Evil. Did they have, like, a rate on that? I didn't see it. The only thing I, I saw was a 666 number, but it didn't have a decimal point, so yeah. I'm not, I don't think yeah. that was the price. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, the only price I saw were all seats were $1.99 for the horror film festival at the theater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which we never know what was actually playing at that guy. Which it. means yeah. they could make twelve dollars because there's only six people in the town. So right, and half of them work there. So. Yeah, there you go. Employee yeah, discount. Man, my whole life watching this movie is like, oh, I wish there was a continuous horror movie marathon at a theater, just like, hey, twenty four hours, seven days a week, buck ninety nine. Yeah, come pay your buck ninety nine. Yeah, you're like, man, I was the hands of Faye. Ah, fuck. You know? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Forever. Did you think these were going to be good movies for $2? <laughs> well, then when the guy went into the uh, mechanic shop or whatever, and he asked, how much are these gloves? They're like 20 bucks. They're real library. I'm like, oh, what is that in today's money? Are those like $50 gloves or something? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> What's the inflation rate on leather gloves? Yeah, right? and yeah. the $1.99 uh, theater tickets. Now twelve ninety nine. Right. Yeah. So the uh, the general gist of this movie is well, actually, shit. I it's really just like okay, like a Christian, uh, like a like a, a kid that's raised by a really religious mother. He idolizes his cousin Spike, who, with a name like Spike, you can tell is on the wrong side of the tracks and like you know <laughs> rides a motorcycle and you know all that good stuff. So he idolizes his brother or his cousin. 
And it's kind of funny because I like how this movie shows like how cousin, even our cousin Spike, even though he's supposedly the quote unquote bad dude, he's the one that's constantly kind of faced with like faced with doing something bad that like always goes a different way where hoax will always go in and you know always do like whatever's bad whether it be lying or stealing or or whatever you know it's kind of weird how hoax almost doesn't think twice about it just because i don't know why well he's a curious kid right been sheltered his whole life yeah, so he wants I think to like that's sniff panties or whatever the fuck he wants to do. He's, yeah, he's curious because he doesn't know. And Spike, Spike is looking out for him too. Because I mean, at the end they talk about the motorcycle trip they took. He, you know, he gives him the panties. He's always, you know, they they built this whole elaborate mail system tube <laughs> tube city. Yeah, from at, at some point in time they would have been like tubes, best yeah. friends or some shit. All right, so I'm still not clear on like exactly what in the hell the the geography of this place is because we never actually see apparently okay, so a garage Oaks, above a there's an apartment above a garage that you're supposed to I guess. That's where Spike lives. That's where Spike lives. Which is across like apparently a vacant lot. Like you could fit another house in there <laughs> and then the backyard's back in those days, huh? You know, you probably got so. some good bang so for this your is buck. In the backyard. So maybe it's the garage. I think it's the bank. Yeah, right. On top of but it. But my well, my buddy, he's got a garage that's literally like there's his house, there's his backyard, then there's his garage, which hooks to some alley in the back way. So it could be something like that, where the garage actually you pull in from some alley, not the street out front. Right. But we don't know. We don't. Well, I was just trying to figure that out because they never actually show. I mean, like all the shots are either looking at you know at one house or the other. You never or, really get or to through. see. Folks' well, window looking right. at, but actually, yeah. when uh, when Spike, because uh, you know Spike, he calls the nine seven six evil number. It tells it like he he lost his pink slip for his motorcycle while gambling. Another vice in this movie. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's what this movie—the whole movie—is about choosing vices. It's well, crazy. At one point, he actually is on a date with a girl and turns like his friends are like, "Hey, we got cards." He's like, "You go inside, wait, get us some seats." I'm gonna go gamble. Yeah, I'm gonna go gamble. The whole, she's like, I'm leaving. Yeah. Well, and he's trying to uh, win back his money that he's already lost. It sounds like he's in the hole with these guys. Yeah. But when when he goes to steal the money out of it, because supposedly you get the idea that Spike's parents died, so that's actually his house, but he doesn't get it until he's 21 or whatever. And Hoax and his mom just are just living there. Well, and when they were outside fighting, you saw a, a relation between a back door and a garage, but oh, they didn't really was like. It, was that when the garage it was, you know, opened up? Maybe that's when the fish place. started falling from the sky oh. when uh, oh. she starts praying for him or whatever. Well, you're definitely right about the house because at the the scene in the diner with the reporter, he tells him, "Let's get this straight. That's my house." Mm-hmm. And then yeah. at the other point, the aunt tells him, or he uh, says, I, yeah, "I'm not stealing what's rightfully mine." Yeah. Yeah, I gotta say, wonderful. I love this. I love Hoax's mother, where she's like, it's almost like if Carrie's mother was like a pure fundamentalist, like, I don't even know, Coptic Christian or something, like just a pure, where Hoax's mother is pure fundamentalist evangelical. <laughs> like, it's all that super oh, church. She's got or, that Southern religion. Yeah, yeah. she's got yeah. that. I mean, but I love, I mean, just the actress, uh, whoever her Sandy name is. Dennis. She like was either nominated for an Oscar for oh, something. Absolutely. Like, she has some kind really. of history, and then you know she's really good in this. Nine seven six. I mean, just the way she like, <laughs> like just the way she like shudders her voice at weird different moments throughout this whole movie. You know, there is no subtlety to her character. I mean, you Fuck. know, 
right off the bat who she, she was is. in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the thing that I was thinking about, like, with her performance was, like, she's, and this is, you know, I think the fault of the director, she's just performing without, like, any kind of, or, like, <laughs> there's no limit on, like, what she can do. Yeah. So she's like, just like, I'm going to play on the top end of this the whole time, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you've you know? seen Carrie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to be playing Carrie's mom. Uh, Spike in this is, like, because I was sitting there, I'm like, man, this is, like, a, uh, he's, like, the rebel without a cause. Right, he's the James Dean character. I was thinking he, even at the end when he finally rocks the mullet, uh, I'm like sitting there going, like, man, this is just like the character out of the Blob that Kevin Dillon played. You know, <laughs> a remake, yeah, exactly. They've got you know their black leather jackets. They're the bad boy. They're just cool. He's got slick back hair. And he smokes cigarettes. He's got you know when the girl comes over, he's got the uh, the Zippo lighter. The Zippo lighter, thank you. And uh, but you know you're right. He's got like the code. Right, where he's like, I'm not going to steal this. I'm not going to, you know, like the kids, the, his friends, his, uh, you know, the uh, the buddies that he plays yeah. cards I don't with. Even know if they're friends, they're right? Just the bad guys. So they're the bear well, yeah, like you said, he does. He does. You know, it's weird how one minute he's beating them up in the bathroom, the next minute yeah, they're throwing cards right? together. They were yeah. just a little. Yeah. Hard, people were a little harder back then. They could just take it, and be like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you broke my nose. Let's have a beer and play some cards. Yeah, so, yeah. as long as you don't. Do these like, kids do they work at this theater or are they? That's just, what I get. The because I, I thought Marcus like, did, and the rest just seemed like kind of hangers on. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it could be. Bunch of there's graffiti everywhere in this movie in the theater, yeah. in the school bathroom. Where else does this movie take place? Eventually, in the house at the end, like devil graffiti all over the place. But I love the scene where the kid came in with a skateboard into the public school bathroom and starts like you know putting the skateboard on the wall, wall and climbing and like by the urinals. The are you no doing? He's like yeah. coked out of his mind. He's like, hey man, I got some crank. Yeah. yeah. You want to smoke it? Yeah. yeah. Well, wash your hands first because you were just doing a handstand in urine. So yeah. <laughs> your, your head was in the urinal. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like when the when the fish fall, like when you know From the sky. Yeah, because it rains fish literally. Just like a, a radius of whatever it is around three the feet. Old it old was yeah. her warning. A centralized was. phenomenon. Yeah, because she's really it the only one reaching out to a, like a god character, right? I mean. Hoax. I mean, yeah, hoax is religious, but he doesn't really, you know, he he uh, idolizes his wayward cousin. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, she's yeah. the only one really praying. So God like warns her, like, dude, well, here's some fish. Well, like you said about <laughs> hoax too. I think he was religious by gunpoint, more or less. I don't <laughs> right, think he exactly, chose that. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's why he's. I mean. Uh, he does like the creepy dolls with the noose. He's like, I leave this for my mom because I know she comes in here. And it's like, that's going to fuck her up. You know, like, he's trying to like, like, don't mess with me, mom. I'm actually crazy. He's trying to be as rebellious yeah. as he can. As yeah. rebellious as his like. And that's all he knows. Like pussy moral code allows him to like do is like just pull tricks on his mom and like. And yeah. Stephen Jeffries is just like the weirdest actor. I mean, like, <laughs> like you know, personality wise. I mean, I had to assume he's like this in person because you've seen him in. Well, I've seen him in two movies. You know, he's been three. <laughs> he's like but, that in everything I've seen him in. Yeah, that is the guy. Yeah. You know, just like this really awkward, squirrely, just strange. <laughs> well, like when he's eating the pizza in the restaurant Ooh. with Susie, his eyes rolling up in his head and stuff. It's like, is that like the most? fantastical pizza you've ever had because it's, <laughs> yeah. it looked like he needed to be alone with that pizza for a while. <laughs> he loved it. <laughs> mm. 
and some some pepperoni that they got on there. And she's like, "Yeah, you can have a piece." Oh, oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a weird weird duck. But okay, so the fish falling from the sky basically that's the catalyst for bringing in uh, this. Well, he's not a private investigator; he's a journalist. Yeah, a journalist. journalist. Yeah. Writes for like, a religious magazine. Right. I don't know actually Modern what miracle. his function was in the plot. To tell you the truth, because he it was just, it was just to connect the, uh, who like ran the uh, the devil phone operation or something like that, right? He was just somebody had to put it all together. Is that it? That's yeah, basically that's the function he, of this function character, of that character is was to, to figure out what yeah. the fuck is going on. Bring the hot, <laughs> yeah. bring the hot principal into the mix. That way, Hoax has some girl to like, you know, because Hoax has no girl throughout the whole movie. You know, he just kind of like. He goes after uh, Spike's chick, but you know, well, he could have if he didn't bring her panties on the date with him. You're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was his bad. <laughs> that that was a mistake. That's, That's got to be in the top ten didn't. list of things not to do on the first date. But he didn't yeah. know the horoscope was going to be right when the horoscope said taking a late night show and you'll meet the girl of your dreams or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. he just you know, true. You so didn't know. Well, true. he steals the panties after Spike has nailed the girl in uh, Spike's Spike's apartment room yeah. or part, whatever the hell it is his room above the garage the unfinished yeah with the drywall the fonzie <laughs> apartment yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah that was the other thing yeah the, the 50s fonzie right yeah, like right. exactly that's what he reminds me of that's actually where my thought was going before it's like there's so much stuff in this movie and in 80s movies as a whole i think that are always like looking back at the 50s like the music in this you know we were saying that like Jeez. it's never like you know the stuff that i was listening to in the 80s it's always like you know this like rockabilly stuff yeah it tried to be that whole like uh brian sutzer straight cat sort of deal before, right? i think even before that even it was before really that, hot yeah too yeah, it's like actual like 50s you know like yeah. and then like you know you got the smoking non-filtered cigarettes right? and, and i'm a i'm a kid of the 80s there none of that was going on yeah, we were smoking right? lucky strikes and camel non well there was the big like you know the big ramones 50s punk kick you know where it was seen as punk to yeah. be fucking doo-wop or whatever the hell you know is that what but do you think that that's i don't know Good. i didn't get like well, that i think so punk. because like he's the rebellious type he the, rides a motorcycle He's got the bomber jacket. Well, you know, but look at all. But look at but look at the three, the four bad guys. It's yeah, like exactly. this whole movie screams oh, punk. Oh, they, that's well, just that's a different type airhead. of. It's just a different type of punk. Like I said, the doo wop. Like you can go to any metal show in Chicago. There's always gonna be some fucking dudes with their like pants rolled, with their hair slicked back, and the, with the yeah, with the Letterman jacket. It's like, dude, because that's guess, just a thing for yeah, punks. I, mean, I get that. That, that, that it's like the don't 80s. argue with me. No, just no, it's, it's the 80s. It's like uh, not. I don't know what I'm saying. The 80s gloss. The 80s. You know, the 80s have applied the punk uh, uh, fashion of the of the time onto like this 1950s archetype of the gang. You know, the the punk kids, the tough guys, yeah. and the tough guys. You know, which I would like to nominate them for worst group of tough guys in a movie ever. I didn't see them yeah. win a single fight in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think even Hulk's took them out. So yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, he had devil hands. Yeah, he had devil. He had devil. He hands. had the power of the devil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they sure could hold their cigarettes when they're getting beat the fuck out. Yeah, they wouldn't let them loose. <laughs> the that's devil. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The. Um, the uh, what was I saying? The investigator eventually, this you know, his investigation and our window into what's going on leads us to Robert Picardo, 
who I, I was watching the opening credits and like, you know, because I'm like, who do I know? Who do I know? I don't know Leslie Dean because she was in uh, Freddy's Dead. Mm-hmm. She was the tough girl in Freddy's Dead. She plays Madonna in this movie. Uh, and <laughs> but yeah. she's got the total material she's, girl oh, yeah. the, to the, everything down to the cross earrings. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. all there. Same hair, it's all there. Like the fishnet, uh, whatever the hey, gloves. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't see Robert Picardo. So when he showed up, I'm like, is that fucking Robert Picardo, star of The Howling and you know Star Trek Voyager, <laughs> many other things? Did you know? Wait, did you see Legend? Tom Cruise, the Ridley uh, Scott thing. He's the uh, swamp monster. Really? Yeah, yeah. the witch. That idea. What's her name? Mary or... Yeah, Mary, you don't mean to eat me, Mags. do you, Maggie? Or some shit, something like that. Maggie. Mags Mucklebone. Yeah, something like that. Oh, indeed I do. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's, he's awesome. That one I remember. Right? Uh, well, he was sitcom? in Dead Heat, that one I watched earlier. That's, he yeah. plays a lieutenant in there. That's, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I, I for some reason I see him in like a military outfit. Star Trek. Star Trek, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Voyager. He was on Voyager. Oh, yeah, he was the hologram, hologram doctor, doctor or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was a surprise. So he shows up, and when he's in the movie, I'm sitting there going like, <clears throat> like, why is he acting with this really raspy voice, and he's got like a cold, and he's all pasty-faced makeup, and he's like chewing scenery like a motherfucker, because like in every shot that he's in, He's like blowing his nose, or like he's doing some kind of crazy. And I'm like, yeah. is that like the actor just kind of showed up and went like, eh, okay, it's a part. Here's how I'm gonna like maximize my screen time by just like doing all sorts of this extraneous, you know, stuff. Right. Well, I always wonder about that. Is it was that like written that way? Were you directed that way, or is that something that you brought? I'm sure, to that's you know, like actor, like director working <laughs> together. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, he probably what showed you think up. If I was oh. sick. Yeah, so that way they can't recognize my voice as the yeah, one on the tape. But that's re- right. later on yeah. when you find yeah. out that he actually, I'm like, oh, that's because he went, yeah, yeah, he's the voice on the phone. Spoilers. Spoilers. Sorry. I probably should have said that before. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you know we spoil a lot of shit. That's for sure. Um, but now here's something that I'm trying to figure out in my head, and I, I may be way off base, but is there any motivation in this entire film for people to be afraid of the payphone when it rings? Just because they had been working with it, right? Because you saw how, like, as soon as Spike didn't steal the gloves, it calls back and it repeats the message. Okay. And then as soon as he's like, fuck you, fuck you, then it resorts to, like, this generic, like, horoscope because the the deal with him is off. He refused any... He didn't even do one of the things... Well, no, he did do the stealing the money from whatever, but as soon that's it. He quit there, so... So everybody else that was afraid... You know they've kept doing shit. The the horoscope told them to do, so they're getting they're closer and just, closer to the devil. Like it seems like a leap for them to link it to that phone. I mean, I guess yeah, it, it is. It's who's behind it, the. Phone. I guess if you think about it, it, might make sense. But it seems like a lot of the evil things that happen are physical things within the world. You know that don't have to do with the right. telephone. Yeah, you know. Well, there's also like this but, movie has like. Oh, go ahead. Well, it just I mean I'm just everybody that I saw when the phone rings like, oh, oh god, <laughs> that, that is the devil ringing. calling you. Yeah, but the only people who have actually had the experience with the phone was uh, Spike, which I don't even think that at that point he should be aware that like it's a real thing. He's like fuck you and hangs up. He has said, to be because he's like he's like, how much are these gloves? I'll go outside and wait. 
I'm gonna call the horoscope that told me to steal the money from my uh, aunt's house. <laughs> you know, he's like looking for someone to urge him to do something bad, right? That's why yeah. he calls up. And you know, okay, so he has some kind of experience with it. Maybe he, I, it, it just didn't read to me like his character believed it was supernatural. He was like, man, whatever, you know, fuck right. you, and I'm done. And at that point, he basically like checks out of the whole thing with the phone. So should he ever be afraid of a phone? We don't know because like yeah. he didn't have any bad experiences with it. And then the only other person who does is uh, Hoax, who actually then starts calling the phone since uh, Spike he finds the number in Spike's jacket. Well, that and the guy in the beginning. Well, and let's not forget the girl who just conveniently happened to be right next to Phone Mart when her number was up. So yeah, she got she got took out too. They probably needed, but to they were probably something further in there because the I mean the whole movie's like a character, you know. It's like a big character piece, right? There's not like bodies dropping everywhere, oh, so they probably just like yeah, let's but, just throw another woman in there. But that's I think to like the look at the phone. That woman being there, it's like at some point we're like looking at our screen time. <laughs> like, we haven't actually like explained what this movie's about or chosen a lead character at this point because yeah. as we've been talking here, we've been talking about Spike. Right, right, but the movie is actually, I think, supposed to be about hooks. Yes, it is. It is. Spike just like leads and them there. It, it takes Spike's a hell of a long time who, to get like, there. Leads the movie, and then the detective leads the movie, and it's like, well, you could roll those two guys into one character because you, you know, need at to the split point where the duty, yeah, yeah, and just like yeah. get rid of the detective, have Spike assume the role, that role in the end. And then, okay, so then you've got hoax. But, yeah, at some point they were, like, checking the running time and said, we need to have a, a body count in this movie and some little gore effect. Yeah, and instead they Spike checks out after he finds out that his girlfriend's been murdered by hoax. Like, we don't see him again for, it's got to be 20, 30 minutes, right? Yeah, almost the rest of the movie until the end. Because right. he comes back he's after. Done. His yeah. character's yeah. arc is, like, done. finished. Yeah. <laughs> he really just had to inspire hoax to call the number. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the whole point of his character. Well, and that's the other thing with the the female that's killed outside the phone mart. It actually shows her burn the the advertisement for the phone line. So I think that's symbolic of breaking the contract, and then she's punished for it right away. Right. Yeah. And I think then that yeah. leads into what goes on with Spike disobeying what it says. And I and, and you're right how it switches the voices. Once he says no, then it's this generic warning. It's no longer Doctor Seuss from Hell on their rhyming. It's it's right. this generic girl talking at that point. Actually, we got to talk about that. Why is it that when the devil calls you up, and not just in this movie, but there's always like, you know what, he always speaks in rhymes. It's because it's got to be catchy for you to listen. <laughs> you got to remember, yeah. <laughs> One, the two, devil the devil's rhymes. coming for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. If he's not creative, you're not going to pay attention to it. Yeah. Uh, it's just like any like Chinese fortune cookie or whatever. <laughs> the more it rhymes, the more you're like, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know there's that comic book character with the Etrigan, the rhyming demon. The demon. Etrigan, the demon, demon dude, which, yeah. But why does he, he have to rhyme? Is there some reason he's why? He's a rhyming demon. He actually yeah. is called, yeah, he claims there's he's a There's just something demon. about... Well, they do say that songs do... Like, they do say music comes from yes. the devil. Right. That's why the devil uh, plays the violin. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. Because they say that... I mean, music is supposed to be the devil's fucking tool. That's what that town in Footloose said, but... Do well, we really but that's, you know... Crossroads, too. Yeah. It's really because <laughs> only... I mean, I don't want to get yeah. into a whole, like, conversation about music theory here, but, you know... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but basically, I mean, they either thought either a song was for two reasons. You're either praising God with a song or it's for the devil. That's it. 
songs are for two fucking reasons. If yeah. it's not about God, it's for the devil. Dancing, well, you know? dancing is a you can't have well, it's all about Start fucking. moving your feet around. Yeah, there you go. You're not supposed yeah. to fuck. Bodies moving in rhythm. Well, well I, I, I agree. The sway of the music, you're no longer under dun, 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 I agree. your own yep. control. Yep. Yeah. All the welfare kids we have nowadays, I can see what's going on. I can see why. <laughs> see why all these fucking people in their devil music. Elvis Presley swinging those hips, not yeah. for children's eyes. That's what. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's it was all part of the plan. All part of the plan. Famously went to the crossroads. <laughs> er, er, right? No, that wasn't James Brown, wasn't it? No, I saw that movie. <laughs> no, who goes the crossroads? Ralph Macchio. The crossroads. Oh, cross yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. James Brown was in one. With, it was like uh, it was a BMW oh. commercial, The Hire, where oh, Marilyn yeah. Manson was in it. I want to say. And no, uh, no, who was the actual musical dude that was supposed to? The, there was a black guitarist. Oh, Gary Oldman was the fucking. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there was a black guitarist that was supposed to have been the one that that <coughs> yeah. met the devil at the it crossroads. Wasn't, it wasn't money. Yeah, I don't Money know what Waters, his name was. was it? No, 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 because it was someone guitar. back in the it was, day. Yeah, it was someone was back a, in the thirties or some right. shit. One of the brother were that. I don't know if it was the actual that character. character I think but. they might have used his real name in Old Brother Where Art, though. I'm not sure. Yeah. Right. Was it the Charlie Daniels band that did Devil and Down, down the Yeah. yeah. So, for a soul to steal. So I like how... Uh, I don't know. I like uh, I, I like the whole sequence of when Hoax... I guess Hoax just thinks he's going to scare the girl through the... Uh, through the evil telephone. Because yeah. he's been rejected. Wait, did we talk about that date? We gotta talk about this. Well, we that. did kind of talk about no, it. but just because it's the corniest fucking thing ever that, like, he spies on uh, oh, Spike yeah. having sex with this girl. Well, it's weird that he picks him up for a date and then just starts, goes right to have sex. That was very, like, oh, wow, see, we are not living in a very, like, Christian morale town. You know, here <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'll pick you up for a date. We're gonna, they're fucking, it's like, you want to go Smoking. see a movie? It's like, you guys are doing this all backwards. <laughs> <laughs> this shit never worked out for me. But they're aware, <laughs> and while they're having sex, they're aware that Hoax is watching them because he sends them a, message a little message which, over yeah. the yeah. Could anyone read what that said? I think said, it said, like, hi, Spy, or, like, or nice, or, like, or, something, or, or, or something like that, like, good-looking girl, some <laughs> shit like that. You can read it on DVD. By the way, Hoax, <laughs> the two strikes are sending a message on the people that you're spying on. <laughs> And when you get the panties, taking the panties on the date with the girl. because yeah, then he goes to the... He, yeah. he follows them to the, the theater, and when Spike goes off to, you know, have his... Uh, his uh, Gambling. He's going to gamble. To gamble. Yeah. Then she meets Hoax. The girl meets Hoax outside the theater, and they, like, hit it off. And you're like, in what universe? Would that happen? <laughs> Would yeah. this happen? They well, go on, like, the most awkward date ever to the pizza parlor, which also... Dealt with I wouldn't call it Italian a date. They're just getting to know each other. But I she, wouldn't call it a date at all. Because she wants to get back at Spike. No. No, she's just getting to know. She's just venting to Hoax about... Spike. Yeah, she's just venting to him. When yeah. I get mad, and then there's a cut. Oh my god! That's oh, what a I love She's those like, type I of. I e. I like. I like cut scenes. Like cut scenes in the middle of a sentence are that, always really fun. Uh, it's like ooh, that was fun. <laughs> ooh, director yeah. Robert Englund. Oh, figured that one. They were cut there. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you think that had something to do with the way how she had told Spike, "Well, you've got me figured all wrong," and then they try to show a different side of her with that, or well, the cut. No, no, I mean just how she, she went would, from what she was doing with yeah. with Spike to now she's this nice girl trying to you know yeah deal with hoax and maybe I don't know because to me that falls line like you can't like fuck a guy after five minutes and be like you got me figured all wrong 
Well, well yeah, just not is. that girl. We're like, yeah. well, it is a moral soapbox when you're at house because he's got your panties, but you're the one that took them off and left them in another guy's house. So yeah, it's kind of a moral soapbox yeah. on that one. Yeah. Well, yeah. But that was just so the bad guys could come in and she can see that Hoax has the panties. And yeah, for some reason, she's like, I thought you were different. Like, what? It's like, oh, oh, I like the bad guys. (laughs) He was watching you. (laughs) Sent you a note. Nice rack. Yeah. I like how the bad guys are like, oh, he is. He definitely is. (laughs) I love the bad guys in this movie. They're just, they're fun. They're really fun bad guys. How'd you get the panties, pervert? (laughs) Yeah, and I like how Marcus, Marcus actually has, like, it's funny because you can see how, like, Marcus, Spike, and this girl, like, I don't know, they they have, like, a real high school thing going on, because, you know, Marcus, he's like, hey, how'd you get her painting? Hey, Susie, how'd you get, you know, even though they're, like, picking on everybody and they're whatever, that Marcus dude is still kind of acting like I'm, like, uh, you know, we live in, we've got this societal group, you know, and even though, well, yeah, we may be the bullies, we may be, almost like in The Simpsons, you know how, like, Bar Simpson's sometimes friends with the, bully with, with the bullies, yeah. and then sometimes he's getting bullied by yeah. the, you know, because... Yeah. Oh, hey, that's the world. Well, we were saying they were some of the nicest bullies ever because even when they're shaking kids down in the bathroom, a lot of this action in this movie takes place in that goddamn bathroom. But even when they're that's shaking the office down, of the bear, yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, don't worry, you're gonna save on some lunch meals and you could use it, fatty. And yeah. like, and here, here hey, you go. Chubbs, give Chubbs. Them, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, some- I'll tell you I like Mar- I mean, it's just that probably that that actor. What was his name? Cohen? JJ? Is it JJ Cohen? There was a JJ in this movie. Yeah, I know. JJ Cohen. That's why it's like he's the reporter. I thought. I think. Fuck. I don't know. I should. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so if that guy... How to look this up. <laughs> well, we don't know his character name. Oh. Do we? Or Marcus. Marcus. All right. Go into Google. If you can get but anyhow. Well, but that guy... I want to go back and talk... Well, okay. Tra- sorry, Travis. You continue. <laughs> no, just try to say how much of a fun bad guy that guy was. How, you know, he was always... Like, uh, god damn, I can't fucking talk. <laughs> give people fucking beer. <laughs> well, this will give me time to actually. But just so, the way, just oh, the way he was, like, JJ Cohen. Everybody, JJ Cohen. There you go. Yeah, I thought so. JJ Cohen was Marcus. You know, just yes. like, okay. you know, like, because I mean, they're like straight up picking on hoax and they're just talking to his cousin Spike and. And they're like, hey, man, a little toilet shampoo never hurt anybody. You know, I mean, they're just so nonchalant about their bully activities. That's funny. Because that's all they do. Yeah. In this just, universe, it's just a business. That's all they are. They they smoke, drink, do crank, crank hang out at the projection booth in the local hey, movie man. theater, this hang out in the bathroom. In the school bathroom, yeah. And well, so it was like a life. Spike was hanging out in the gym <laughs> for some reason. He was just walking in the gym. Oh, he was just walking. It must have been his gym hour. You know, because because yeah. they said he said something about why hoax. You know, because hoax found out the reporter guy is at the school. Because yeah, I don't know why. Because there's another segment where they like cut a conversation where where Spike is actually like at, like uh, after he didn't listen to the horoscope tell him to uh, steal the gloves. A car turns on and tries to run him over, which is funny because yeah, I guess if you just drop the deal, he'll kill you, right? But that's it. The devil quit after that one time. He's yeah, like, yeah. Ooh, you got away from me this time, Spike. <laughs> And, that's it. But okay, the, well, all right. So the journalist guy saves him, and then they're in a diner, and he's trying to, like, get the whole story of the falling fish out of him, and the reporter's like, you're not going to make this easy on me, are you? And then they just cut. And then 
It shows the reporter back at the school trying to get, like, I want to talk to one of your students. Yeah, it's like, you still didn't talk to us fucking Aunt Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's all he's trying to do is run, like, where's Spike? Can I talk to you, Spike? But that happens, Shit. like, the whole way through the movie. The whole way. all these kind of, like, unmotivated, like, people just kind of showing up at these various places. Like, right. what in the hell are you doing here right now at this completely opportune time to... I yeah. mean, we got I need to talk to somebody I was talking to two scenes ago, <laughs> but we didn't bring out what I needed to talk about. <laughs> Saving it for later. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you got... You were talking about the bathroom. If you look at the school when it shows the office, nice, clean-cut, Ameri- all-American school. Same with the gym. Then you go into the bathroom, and it looks like class of Newcomb High. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> right. it's like total contrast. Which is also why I do like this movie, because, yeah, it reminds me of just that type of, like, 80s fucking punk where everything's like a degraded society, spray paint everywhere. Kid, yeah. That one kid don't even want to put his shirt on under his fucking overalls. He just wears overalls. Like you say, <laughs> you know, it's the Barracuda's office. The teacher's like, fuck it. Just let him have it. Yeah. Like, we lost that battle. <laughs> they, they don't want to lose their lunch money. Yeah. We've got a there. lounge. We don't even use that bathroom. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> if you're a nerdy kid, please go down the hall to this other bathroom. Do not go to the Barracuda's bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do like how with teenagers and, you know, even up into the college years, the default living way of living is like in total disrepair. Like, if, you know, like you go to a college town and the frat houses and everything is just like, <laughs> like just, you know, shit everywhere. Yeah, just shit. A party every night, spray paint, whatever, you know, fuck it. Who cares? Like, <laughs> at what point do you reach that, you know, like, that idea of we have to live in a civilized world where we Never clean up kids, after man. ourselves. Well, apparently they, everybody in this is like, you know, pretty adept at, well, no, I was going to say that they're adept at cleaning up after themselves, but outside the theater, I want to say it all looks like shit. It, uh, yeah. Well, the theater the bathroom looked like shit. I mean, it had like weird like paint on the doors that look like they just picked up like a wet sponge with white paint and just like did like a line on the door and that's like yeah. painting the black door for some reason. Yeah. It's like that's punk. I got. I mean, art house. I don't know. I, guess, but, I think it's all punk. But I think they had to Hollywood do it by themselves because in this movie, there literally maybe we touched on this before, but there are like six people in this entire town. They're, yeah. Like whenever you see the streets, there's no cars on. There's, it. there's yeah, no people walking anywhere. The only people who populate any space in this film are the characters that yeah you know, there's like barely you, know, you yeah. don't really except for I think the only other time you see that is like when uh, Hoax is on the motorcycle and he crashes there's some kids oh, like yeah, at that, a that, fence yeah. like whatever laughing at him that's about yeah. one of the only like that's oh, other people are in the school so yeah. this begs the question then are we saying that this is part of the film's artistic integrity or they didn't have the budget it feels. I'm gonna go more with budget. Yeah. Didn't have the it's budget, video. but also, but I don't think it was that. <laughs> I but, so but I also don't think it was that important because a lot of these scenes are feel, really in between. Weird. Yeah, but I've seen because okay, check this out. If you watch, like, go watch uh, the uh, Journey to the Sun of the Earth, that 3D movie. Mm-hmm. That movie literally has fucking five people in it. That feels like because they're in a city, you know. Where I don't know this movie, I, I can get away with it because at least like, well, the journalist is waiting in the the principal's office. There's a punk kid sitting there with. I mean, they've got people sprinkled around this movie. It's not just like desolate except for the people with speaking lines. Yeah, you know, it's not necessarily like that. It sure feels that. It definitely, I will say it feels like. But like I said, go watch Journey to the Sun of Earth, where it literally is that. Where it's like you're only on screen if you have a line. 
yeah. then it's just a fucking CG dinosaur. Or whatever. <laughs> there are moments when it does have that Night of the Comet feel to it. Yeah. Like, everyone's yeah. gone. Yeah, there are sometimes <laughs> in the movie it does feel like they're all was a it, continuous was it horror show. That we're living in some kind of like super, you know, evil. I don't know, super uh, evil. Because, I mean, they tried to do with the production design a little bit of you know, it's Dante's uh, diner, it's El Diablo cinema. When he goes to the diner, all he ever gets is the devil egg. I mean, like There's they're layering satanic references all everywhere in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm yeah. like, is this the world that we live in? Is it devoid of people because of some kind of like catastrophic satanic event that happened years ago? Yeah, that's. I think that's yeah, that's giving it too that. much credit. I think. But, that, yeah, that's the kind of sequel. Cool. That would be right. very cool. If that was <laughs> Satan is a real thing in this movie. Apparently, as hoax finds it out, has to be. he calls the number. I mean, God rained fish down. If anything, that should have been. The sign like hoax. If, if hoax was like a real Christian dude, he should have been like, ah, oh, yeah, dude, rain fish, rain fish. Yep. We shouldn't be fucking with this shit. I really because no, there's a sign like that's the that's a sign. That's like in Mongol- uh, Mongolia, in Magnolia, when it yeah, rained frogs. frogs, where you're just like, yeah. Uh, there's something going on here. I was waiting for that to be like a prank, though, because of the amount of fish and it all just centered around her. See, yeah, <laughs> like, well, the warning, though. Well, even I, Hulk sent that note to Spike saying, yeah, great trick, it? how'd you pull it off? Yeah. yeah. But again, I read that believe. as a mistake in the filmmaking because oh, I no got way. the impression that it was supposed to have like rained all over the place. Uh, Maybe not. I mean, the fact that the guy came out to their house, it rained fish like in a circle around her. spread out more. When it was coming down, there was just yeah. that one scene of her where she goes, "These are God's fishes." That's the scene where it looks centered around her, just because you know I'm sure that you know the camera's just on her, so they probably had 20 fish for the whole scene. <laughs> so they're like, uh, "We'll just throw some here, throw some here." So they're, they're all over this guy later. That exactly he kicked in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's How a did fun that shot. Well, he opens the refrigerator door. Because uh, she's showing him like the evidence. The, she's, the, the mother's showing the reporter the evidence of this fish. What are we going to call it? Fish rain. Miracle. Rain fish miracle. Fish miracle. And at some point, you know, she opens a freezer and there's a bunch of fish in Which there. Which was a frozen. letdown. Jesus. Yeah, that was kind of. That was, that was disappointing. She's like, is that all the fish? She opens the other door and the fish like come pouring out in a tidal wave and the shot. That it cuts to is the guy falling on his back. He, he's Whoa. catching fish in the chest and the neck. Yeah, yeah. which are being propelled at him by cannon or something from about you know uh, head level. Off which screen. would have made sense had they been in the freezer <laughs> and falling up. Right, but they were on like the first. I just thought how fish falling around your ankles trips you up. Like, oh my Whoa. god, Whoa. so many fish. I don't know. I, it's yeah. <laughs> it's on par with other things in this film, though. <laughs> what? Well, I just like okay. Um, uh, put me okay. Well, here I have questions. Jesus, and I don't know if they can be explained or not. But uh, <laughs> it's like let's not think that deep into this, guys. Yeah, it was on the screen. It's, it was all on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> they put every ounce of it on. The yeah, screen. it was up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is. It's it's a uh, it's a budgetary issue. I mean, we we also talked about the fact that while watching it, we talked about the fact that the restaurant that or the set that they use for three restaurants is they they use the same set for a diner, an Italian restaurant, or pizza place, 
or both. I guess it could be. Both. <laughs> it could be both. Yeah. We, once again, I think we're overthinking this. Or it could have been the same because they were sitting at the booth when they were eating pizza. So those could have just been the tables at the exact same place. He, he did say it was an extensive selection. The reporter yeah. did when he was in the diner. <laughs> so it could be. It could be. And who's who's keeping this film festival going? Like it's, it's not a film festival. It's, it's just, just hey, all rooms. night. Well, well, somebody's well, back in the reels, day, well, back right? in the day, well, well the projectionists. They are projectionists. That's what that guy. I never so Marcus is actually table. in the projectionist <laughs> union. <laughs> we never said Marcus was a good projectionist. Because what the, the projectionist, projectionist union, projectionist. the projectionist union, didn't end until like what the early nineties. Uh, projectionist were, union. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was working projection, not in the union, in the early nineties. I remember. But wasn't there still the union? In yeah, the, some Chicago places. I think it was. I'm saying Marcus was part of the union. That's why he had such a cozy fucking job sitting there, right. paying his fucking dues. With your, <laughs> with your horror movie posters all over oh, the place. See, wasn't it? Out to like, uh, what yeah. is it? Maniac Critters, uh, Fright Night, Return of the Living Dead. He's wearing a t-shirt of. So like the, anything new line, you know. Obviously, new line. like, the, and I remember that was the greatest thing about the era that this movie came out of. As a horror nerd, you yeah. know, it's like when you were reading Fangoria magazine, when you're going to see all these movies, it's like. There was this like secret, like uh, underground, uh, you know, like network, like that you felt you were a part of. I mean, the fact that like in Army of Darkness, like it, you know, when Ash opens up the uh, <clears throat> the trunk to throw in whatever he gets the history books, the chemistry books out. There's an issue of Fangoria, and I mean, like all those things are clearly callbacks to like the audience who's reading the magazine is watching the movies and paying attention to all this stuff. And it's like, you just kind of felt like they're talking to me, man. Look, there's all the movies I saw last year, you know, like on the, on the walls of this projection. It lets you know you're not alone out there in the world of geekness. Which yeah, is man. actually part of the story of this movie, right? Right. Because we haven't talked about uh, hoax. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> but, at all. So hoax, and that apparently is his real name, is the loner well, I wouldn't say he's a geek though cause he, well he's just a straight up dork he's just yeah. a nerd well they said he was like one of their top students yeah well, I mean you yeah, got an overbearing mom yeah. you know that right. he's just a super religious square that's, that's, the yeah, perfect he, formula for it right. yeah, he's got the Carrie White thing going on that's what well, he's got he's picked on in school so he's the easy target of the bullies he wears the same clothes every day and he, and <laughs> I don't think he has so a change. Of everybody cl- in this goddamn. Uh, yeah, movie. I don't think he has a change of clothes in this whole movie. <laughs> I was wondering that after the first one. Like, is that the same blazer he was wearing the day before? Yes. I couldn't remember, but yeah, it was. But yeah, so he's the the outcast guy who finds. I mean, that's basically the theme of this movie. It's the Carrie story, except with a guy. He is a high schooler, gets picked on. Finds a way to get even. A supernatural with, way. A supernatural way to get even with the bullies who torment him. Except, and then again, that's why I keep. I noticed that the writer, uh, Rhett Topham, it was Rhett Topham and Brian Helgeland. Rhett Topham wrote Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat's the exact same goddamn story, except I think done. With a little more focus. Oh, <laughs> except the rebel guy's a little dorky. It's like he's trying to be a rebel and a dork. It's like, oh, bad oh, you're move. Trick or treat, yeah, trick or treat, ragman, yeah, yeah, yeah ragman. Like, what a at least fucking the movie character. Keeps the focus on ragman. Like you know who yeah. the main character is. Well, it's not split between him and his cousin. You know, kind of thing. Well, I think yeah. in horror what? movies, the only way to die, the only way you could die quicker than being the nerd that gets back 
at the bullies is to be the slutty girl. That's the only way to get killed quicker in a horror movie. I mean, I like that this movie splits up the characters. I mean, yeah, you probably don't need the journalist or whatever, but I don't know. I just like that because, yeah, well, it just do. like breaks up the movie a little it's, bit. It's either you have the journalist. I think, you know, the solution I propose. I'm not saying they did it good. I'm just saying I like it. Oh, okay. They didn't do it good, but I like it. When that guy showed up and he was in that, because he, he wears, like, a trench coat, mm-hmm. it's like, man, this guy's a fucking private eye, right? I mean, he's, got, he's either private eye or cop. Like, you know right away, like, that's the type. The yeah. other guy's in the bomber jacket and he smokes and he's like, that's the, the rebel. You know, it's like, this guy wears a blazer, he's the geek. I mean, it's like everybody's pretty much color-coded as to who they are. Uh, the girlfriend, she looks like Madonna. <laughs> She's the wild, you know, the wild girl. Slut. You keep saying that. Did they play that song in the movie? That was the only song yeah. in the movie. That was the only <laughs> recognizable three, no, song in the movie. There's because there's only three songs in the movie, all written by the same fucking dude, without uh, credit to who performed them. Because I'm sure they were embarrassed. Or if not, it was the writers. <laughs> yeah. I'll the sing writers it. Themselves. I'll sing it, but don't tell anybody. Yeah, dude. Three yeah. songs in this whole movie. Three exactly. <laughs> songs. Was the wild one the one in the jukebox? The wild one was the one when the first. Okay, when Spike gets home, he turns on the radio. Wild one, do do do. When Hoax bums the money for the jukebox, the wild one. I mean, that was the fucking song. That is also strike three on the date when you have to borrow quarters for the jukebox. (laughs) True, that is good point. But I thought that was funny. I thought that was damn it. It wasn't a date. Damn it. They did not have a date. Anything about a date? Yeah, no. Well, that's not Spike. It's hoax. That's hoax and Susie, not Spike and Susie. Spike and Susie had a date. I guarantee that hoax was thinking it was a date at that point. He was like, "Holy shit! I'm eating pizza. I'm you know playing music." I like how they put it up like. Hey, do you want me to put us money in the jukebox? <laughs> He's like going into this pocket. She's like, "You want a quarter?" You know, I like how pathetic that makes that character look. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah, that'd be real neat. You know, yeah. I'll pay you back tomorrow. I'm like, here's two. <gasps> Golly, you know. <laughs> and I like the way the hoax once he actually like you know because it just seemed like his descent into Satanism was like extremely quick. Like, because I think he had like two phone calls. I don't remember it. Recall them being like, it was like, whatever the hell it said. But you know well, what? But then all of a sudden he's like, you know, making pentagrams, drawing all this stuff, and like swaying around. I'm like, does he know what the fuck he's doing? Or well, but he's getting work? possessed, though. Right. He's yeah. not seeing that from the outside. You know, he's, he's like, I'm going to play a prank on her by using my spider and this devil roots or whatever. I don't even know how the fuck he thought, like calling a phone number and I mean without but he I mean right. well, <laughs> well the phone did tell him to call back later to get his prize oh, after he was thrown true. in the dumpster and he yeah. called from the payphone yeah because he was the payphone everybody called from <laughs> yeah but not the one that was on fire at the beginning. no so, that was a different one yeah. that was at the end of the alley well there was only like a yeah. street in this town I mean there was right. a diner yeah. a theater a payphone and a mechanic shop. Yeah. and a full mart yeah, all on one street. Not anymore. All on one look. street. <laughs> and it is interesting. I think the devil chose him eventually because, like, Spike was so strong-willed he couldn't get in, but this kid was more open to it. Hoax was, right. you know, more susceptible Very to true. letting that in. And then over time, like, the physicalities of the devil, like, the the behavior comes out right away, but physically it, he progresses looking like the devil, like, over a longer period of time. That's why I kind of like this version of the dork kid uh, resorts to evil and becomes evil. A lot better, like like you said, how this is the trick-or-treat store. But I like this because Hoax, once he becomes evil, I mean, he's sacrificing his life. There is no turning around for this character. It's like he's given up his mind and fucking soul for the devil to possess just to get revenge on his enemies. Where, like a trick-or-treat or most of these other movies... 
there's usually a way for the character to come back or whatever. Where I like this, where it's like, yeah, there is no coming back. You deal with the devil, there's no fucking coming back from that. That's why you're either... Well, if you don't glimpse. deal with the devil, the devil's going to kill you through turning a car on and, like, christening your ass or whatever the hell it's going to do. Like, blow up glass near you. Then whatever the devil's going to do, I'll blow up lights around you and, you know, <laughs> anything physical. But, well, and Christine, another movie where the bully or the picked on kid fought back and it didn't turn out well for him either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Artie, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. yeah Artie fucking... Yeah. Uh, gets supernatural help. Though. Artie's a dork and gets the cool car. <laughs> but I mean, the at cool the end, car, like, Sp- Spike almost has hoax, you know, talking about the motorcycle oh, I trip. like that. But do you think he that was a trick by the devil, him. though? I think that was a trick by the devil. Yeah. Uh, That's that whole idea that the devil's, like... It didn't feel to me like the movie was that sophisticated, to be honest. It, it felt like it was just like, no, that was him actually reaching, like, oh, you're right. No, I would have liked it too because yeah. that's I like that scene. That scene is actually why I like, you know, to me that shows Stephen Joffrey. So you know, because he's got his like evil face going on, and then he's able to bring it down and start like naming off like you know the places they want to visit. I just like that scene, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, surrounded by a lot of the worst part of the movie. I mean, the, the ending is like the worst part. I mean, speaking yeah. of the ending, which brings like everybody to get all the the four main characters. Well, not even. Okay, we're stretching it there because I think the principal is not a main character, but she's supposed to be like a love interest to Hoax. Because there was one scene at the beginning yeah. where he's the object she, of her. She's the she's object, the object of, his of his desire, but he's only, but there's only like once he a becomes scene. cool, he'll be able to get the, the yeah. hot principal. But there's only one scene that even shows that at the very is, beginning where he just like is staring at her nervously yeah. or weirdly. But as soon as like, that scene happened, I'm like foreshadowing. Like, this is going to come in later. And <laughs> well, and again, that's luckily we watched on your VH copy because in the DVD copy that scene's not even yeah, in there. Even it in just goes, the scene where he first goes into uh, oh, really? the office, so much it's not of this in is there. Not yeah, in I was going the to him the whole time that this version. isn't in there because I just watched on DVD about two weeks ago. Huh. And I'm like, that's not in there, that's not in there. A, a lot, lot of, the scenes, of this movie the is not in there. That the one would be important, I think. Yeah, right? well, the reporter, <laughs> the reporter where he's standing around in the the robe and the mom's talking to him in the extended interview yeah, about yeah. The, the incident, none of that's in there. I'm telling you, there's a lot. Like, a that's lot why we watch this on VHS, because it's like, dude, I, it's not even the same movie, because so much of it's cut the fuck out. Well, so and, you're never going to be able to see this viewer unless you can track that. Like we actually, Travis brought over a goddamn VHS machine that we hooked up. <laughs> to, uh, it's to called d- a VCR, Colin. No, we can call it a VHS machine. <laughs> we will know a VHS machine from the 1980s for, for all you kids with your newfangled gadgets. <laughs> so, the video home system is what it calls. Like, the, the, uh, how long has it been? I didn't even realize I was doing that. You a can VHS watch machine. A VHS machine. <laughs> the VCR. That Doc Brown brought us. Yes. A video cassette Thank recorder? Thank you. <laughs> That's pretty high, highfalutin using the Gary, oh, Gary, you're welcome back anytime. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, man. But yeah, apparently, so this version uh, only exists on VHS, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Susie and, and Spike's whole scene where she introduces, oh, we met in detention, all that. All that's gone. It, it starts, really? it starts it's, it's with Oaks driving up. Yeah, on the motorcycle. Really? Yeah, it does feel like a. That's different her movie. whole introduction. That is Susie's introduction. So, so the version that's on DVD then is that the theatrical cut? Yeah. Yes. Because the cover of this says previously unreleased footage, and this is the only version I've ever seen. Because I don't think there is a VHS. I've never seen a VHS version of the theatrical cut ever. Mm. Never. And I've I've at least owned or seen at least two or three in my lifetime. 
and I've never seen a theatrical cut on VHS. It's always the director's cut or whatever you want to call it. It's never been called the director's cut. But well, that's interesting then. Okay, so you, Travis, saw the VHS version first. Yeah. That's your ex- first exposure to the movie. Yeah. Gary's first exposure. I was- actually saw it in the theaters because I'm old. Holy shit! Okay, but yeah. so, so well, I guess that's the thing. Like, is the movie like how does it play between the two versions? I mean, is it like significantly different? Like the VHS version explains a lot of things. It, I mean, if you watch it on DVD, there is a lot of holes in the plot. Yeah, you'll just be like worse what? than than what you're seeing with VHS. <laughs> I mean, it is it is a lot worse because they don't introduce Susie, uh, the assistant principal or whoever. She, she doesn't get introduced until she's just wandering end, around when later. He goes with in and talks to her after he talks to the it tells the kid, uh, Spike uh-huh. kid, oh, I see why you come here. Yeah. That's the first time you see her and Hulk's together. That's yeah. There's a huh. lot of it because there was. Uh, I just recently was watching an interview and they were talking about how Hoax is such a dork because he wears the sweater vest and and you don't see Hoax in a sweater vest until he's getting the toilet shampoo in the DVD version, but in the uh, VHS version you do see the intro with the uh, a principal in her office. Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah, a lot of it missing. That's why huh. it's like I've even just because I'm that sort of a collector where it's like you know I love this movie I really should get a digital copy of it you know. But I've bought the DVD like two times, and it's just like I won't fucking put it in. I'm like, why? I, I can't watch it. It's like it's the opposite of the director's cut. It's it like a, you know, physic- you want to physically take more painful. of this movie away? Hmm. Wow, it's like as bad as you think it is now. It's like just watch it with those missing scenes, and it becomes like Jesus Christ, it's not even watchable. Hmm. I kind of want to watch it now. <laughs> it's, it's rough, dude, and very like mo- the the only place I've even seen it for sell at is like Dollar Generals and shit like that. This is one of those DVDs. This is why I don't even think it will get a Blu-ray. I no, just don't think it ever will because it was like a five dollar DVD once they started making us. No. But uh, should we? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel that there was something we were going to talk about there at the end. Oh, well, how at the end? I think they tried to make hoax sympathetic again a little bit because even when he was doing the ritual that caused Susie's demise he felt guilty halfway through it he realized it was going from a prank into her death and he tried to stop it by killing his own spider but it was too late by then and then he's in and that's the hook and I think at the end hoax yeah, the phone's is, it's chanting his it's name. Just, it's just yeah. saying like, yeah, really like lightly under that whole scene. Hoax. And in the end of the movie, they put him under a significant amount of Kevin Yeager makeup, yeah. and he becomes Freddy Krueger, and basically has all these one-liners, which I thought were all pretty, pretty terrible. Oh come on! <laughs> Can you enter this game with a pair of hearts? Yeah, that is that is. Well, that's what the plastics for, asshole. Well, that's yeah, my that, favorite that's line. The favorite, yeah, yeah that's the, the birds. Always. <laughs> not on the plastic. Not on the plastic. It was a very, a very monotone delivery with where like the difference. I think Freddie gives it a little bit more kick when he says it, yeah. and this didn't really have That's that. What I kind of like yeah. but he's not yeah. a threatening. I didn't think uh, he's Aww. not a threatening character, and for some reason, like Hoax's character, his big hands. <laughs> They're huge. He's wearing <laughs> irregularly huge. He's wearing rubber gloves there from a are, Halloween yeah, store. Yeah, but not in the universe. If you were in this universe, <laughs> know, those are huge like, hands with huge claws. And his feet have, like, claws that bust out of the shoes. No, his saddle see, shoes, no less. Once again, with the Marcus thing. See, I kind of like that scene where Marcus, you know, 
Because once again, this is something where they kick his ass. They know that Hulk slashed the dude's face, and then he shows up at the theater, and they want and more just of like, him. Oh man, look! It's like look who it is, the slasher himself. You know, once again, as long as you don't kill anybody, they have this really kind of like they mellow maintain. attitude. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, hey man, if you kick someone's ass, as long as you walk away and yeah. you're cool with yeah. it, we're cool with it. Yeah, you're gonna need a plastic surgeon, but you're happy to see me again. Let's go again. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I like yeah, how how I could like this go wrong? <laughs> You know, he comes back. He comes back with the hearts, and I like how Marcus is like, "You fucking killed him! You fucking killed him! Let's see if you can fucking kill me!" I like how I don't know. He just gets a little real to me in that scene, you know, just because yeah, they were kind of all yucking around about people beating up each other and people whatever. But as soon as he whips up the fucking hearts, I just like how that character kind of turns into almost frantic. Yo, know, Marcus frantic. was wetting himself a little at yeah, that point. Yeah. He's a good actor. I like yeah. that guy. Who was what? Did we even mention that he's from all the Back to the Futures? Back, yeah, marked it, Marcus. This is in all three Back to the Futures. He played Skinhead, one of Biff's, uh, one of Biff's uh, three. I wonder uh, if that's why they make that whole, it's, it's Airhead, not Skinhead yeah, reference. Yeah, I wonder if that's been, why they do that. It could have been. <laughs> Probably. But I don't yeah. think, I don't know if they've ever even said his name in Back to the Future. I don't think they do. He's like Biff's goon number three or something. Yeah, which too. I think IMDB has told me his name was Skinhead in the Back to the Future. And even in uh, Back to the Future 3, which... Had to have been a Western, unless he's crazy. I mean, he might be credited with just like a a, pa- a scene from one of the past movies. Well, it's interesting. No, I, I think he's but in he, said, he said Needles is game. Needle- in part three, Needles is game. But I don't remember Needles being oh, in part three. In part three, is I know. Needles in part three. That's oh yeah, at the end, yeah. Isn't when he? he pulls up in the truck, he's like, "Hey, Needles," and they oh, race. Oh, okay, race. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the very end, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. cool. That's McFly. <laughs> No, I'm fired up. <laughs> 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 Read my facts. Don't get us started. Yeah, don't get me started. Now it all comes back. It all comes back because this guy. Yeah, yeah, it's a funnel. So uh, and I, everybody dies. I mean, I've always liked the scene. I mean, my favorite scene in this whole movie has been when uh, Hoax is on the ground and he's like, "Oh, you know, you think you're so bad because you're big and strong, but just wait. You know, one day, you know, things are going to be different from now on. You'll be down here, and I'm going to spit on you." That sounds like Stephen Joffrey's. This guy's awesome. This guy's got it, man. He knows that character. Well, and he even in Fright Night, I think he portrays some of that same attitude as evil. The way he, you know, kind of tries to fight back some. He's very good at showing somebody that is so like weak that they are able. That's why they give in to the dark side is because they are so fragile of a personality that it's very easy for them to be like, "Fuck it, I'll just join the evil person." But mm. then his soul is damned or whatever for it anyway. You know, that, I've always liked that. To me, that's important. Is to damn somebody's soul uh, once they make that decision. Because yeah, they should be damned. They shouldn't necessarily get to get out of free jail. It's like you dealt with the devil. You know, it's like nobody should like just give you a get. You know, it's like, dude, come on, man. You need to get punished. Punished. But I mean, the only reason why. He was over him in the first one is because he killed his girlfriend. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a whole moral thing there. Um, well, but, but he did. Like, it was an accident. He knows it was an accident. 
Yeah, he's, he's just trying to his... he's just trying to beef up to his cousin again. You know, he's like, that when I took, you know, she was a dirty Jezebel whore. <laughs> That's a good scene too. Reputation. Yeah, she was no. messing up your reputation. I I would actually like to see a movie with that angle as the focus, right? Imagine if this movie was only about a nerd looking after his cousin, some girl that he thinks is a whore is messing up his and he kills her. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of an interesting dynamic. There's a movie yeah. idea. There's something there, man. This <laughs> is like, to me, this movie has little trinkets of little, there's little trinkets of good movie in this movie. I mean, I always, it's kind of a guilty pleasure, but just because I like the acting a lot. Yeah, and you could use the whole rear window aspect to it, where like when he's looking through the uh, telescope, he sees arguments happening, and yeah. she's not treating him well, and there's all these things going on. It's a possible movie. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright Saturday Night Freak Show. <laughs> <laughs> so should we wrap it? Well, real quick, I just presumably, and I don't understand this, because we're saying at the end of the film that the only way to kill the devil is possibly throwing him back into hell. <laughs> well, no, because right? we really did it. The devil won. Yeah. That's what I like at the end, Mark where Dark. he's got his like soul, Still his book around. of souls. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I mean, all he did was kind of like defeat a physical manifestation of the devil, but there is no defeating the devil. You can just kind of stop him for whatever. All he did was throw hoax into hell. Because supposedly throughout history, the devil's actually pretty easy to trick. Yeah. That's like the whole story of... Uh, the whole why we have a fucking jack-o'-lantern is a dude was drinking at a bar. Uh, the devil wanted to trick him into, like, selling his soul. He tricked the devil that, well, if you turn into a coin and we can use the coin to pay for our drinks, you know, then we can talk. Well, he just picks the devil up and puts him in his pocket. He has the devil trapped for however long. So when the devil gets free, the devil banishes him to the, the endless void with a turnip that he cuts the little lamp out of the turnip, and that's mm-hmm. why we have the jack-o'-lantern. So mm-hmm. the devil's not necessarily... Because I actually, even though I don't like Lords of Salem, I do like how Rob Zombie's version of a physical manifestation of a devil is a midget, because his power is diminished on Earth. You know, he's not the devil. He's not Night on Bald Mountain, the devil. If yeah. he's on Earth, he's at a very fucking strict power level, you know, 10 to 20% or whatever. You know, he can only <laughs> open up the ground and make the house freeze or whatever. Huh. <laughs> I'm the devil. <laughs> Hell freezes would, over. Yeah, that's a hoo-hoo. So but, the three ways to beat the devil are trick him, Beat him in a, a violin contest, or don't answer the phone. Don't That's answer what we're the saying. phone. Okay. Well, just yeah. don't call <laughs> him. <laughs> to beat it's the not devil. even don't answer the phone. Don't call him. Yeah. Just don't call on the devil. <laughs> if you need a ride home, don't call him. Yeah, don't call on the devil. That'd be a good day for a movie. Don't, don't call, call on the devil. The devil. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright Saturday Night Copyright. Free Show. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be rich. <laughs> we got two movie ideas. Just tonight. <laughs> Spinning gold. Spinning gold. Spinning gold. Spinning gold. In the end, it's just sad that Robert England didn't. That's the whole point. But, but so I, I think it he was did as good as a it job as I would imagine. Like, if you would have put, like, Michael Myers or anybody, even though Michael Myers has directed some movies, but Nick Castle, you know. Yeah. Which I actually just oh, I don't know. Cap- See, I was sitting there going, like, I, just some of the staging in this was, like, so bad. I'm like, I can tell, like, somebody, it felt like somebody didn't have a whole lot of experience was, you know, and which is weird because he has, like, a lot of actor experience, but, like, there were some of the fight scenes, some of the confrontation, some of the suspense. We talked yeah. about the suspense where <laughs> like, go slower up the staircase. Slower? No, slower. 
Okay, okay, you can walk out of frame. And then, like when he can, uh, when uh, uh, Hoax confronts her, he grabs on her shoulders and he has to deliver. Like she, you can tell, she's waiting for him to give his line, but he's working up to this like head of steam, so he can. And like at this point, you could push away from him, you could twist away, you could run for your life. She doesn't. She has to. Oh! Oh, oh, God, there's no monsters got me. And the mo- whole movie feels like that. I mean, it really just feels like dramatically inert in that way. And it's like, that's the that's directing, I think, you know. What could be the writing? Because, I mean, I mean as well, much yeah, as we can... want to think of directors, a lot of directors, like, they're only working with, like, what the script they well, have, yeah, but... the cinematographer they have. Because especially Robert, I mean, if Robert England can't think of something, I'm sure he's asking somebody, what can yeah. I do? And they're like, I don't fucking know, dude. A good director, do whatever I you think, want. Like, <laughs> probably, you know, even something that's, you know, not, uh, like, you know, it's not cinematic stake, right? The script for Resident Evil could do something with it that, yeah, you know, yeah, but it was like, ugh. And then to date, I think he's only made two movies. He made this in Killer Pad. Anyone? Anyone? Killer Pad? No. Nope. No. Movie about a killer apartment. Was that uh, called The Black Room? I haven't I seen know. it. No, it's called Killer Pad, directed by Robert Englund. I'm not going to see it. I got to see it. I'm going to just say that it's out there. It's ironic because we're he recording this that, the same weekend that Robert Englund is retiring the Freddy Krueger makeup at Flashback that. Weekend in Chicago. He's going to be wearing that makeup in his fucking goddamn grave. I know. <laughs> hey, bitch, you know. Don't put it back on him to bury him. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, yeah, he's going to come back. Well, I was wondering if this was like some, you know, because this was at the height, right, of his Freddy Krueger phenomenon that he had done uh, Nightmare on Elm Street in 84, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 85, and then he took this year off to go make this, <laughs> and then Elm Street 3 in 87. He had to and, look and, his well, but he still delivered his Henny Youngman lines through hoax, so there yeah. was that. <laughs> yeah. But was this part of, like, it felt like maybe this is part of his deal? Like, I'm going to be Freddy no. Krueger if you let me direct. But, well, it's not a new line, but it's not a New Line Cinema movie. It's but but there's movie. some connection, because all the posters in the theater were well, new, new Line, line Cinema C- posters. So I wonder if Sintel was a, a subsidiary uh, of Could have been, or they could have put maybe. up some money for it. Yeah, because all the posters are New Line Cinema. Yeah. Fucking writers are Freddy Krueger writers. I mean, everything about it is, it yeah. could have been a directing deal, for sure. Like, I'll do part five or whatever fuck. But none of the crew the was. I child. guess that's what, like, I mean, right. aside from the writer, Brian Helgeland well, those would part be, four, but well, there wasn't, like, those would be was whoever's like, crew, right? What about the editor or the cinematographer? Like, have they ever worked on an Elm Street movie? And to my knowledge, I don't believe that they ever have. So it was like, but those just people probably things. stick with whatever director did whatever Elm Streets they did. Right, I mean, they wouldn't just. No, I mean, they're all really, like if that's people you know, that's who you're working with. It's like, yeah, we, I got, I'm, I got money to make but a he, movie, but Let's he's just the you. actor. He doesn't know. He's the actor. He's the bitch guy on, on the camera. He doesn't like. You know, go to the yeah, editing you know, suite. Like, out. let's see what's going. You know, <laughs> oh, that's a good cut, bitch. You know, <laughs> you, sir, you have pinpointed the Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I, I can't take credit for that. That was from that Sid and Marty show where they go to that uh, universe where there's scary Terry and everything he says is bitch. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And they make that. They're like, this guy says bitch too much. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's yeah. Rick and Morty, right? Yeah. The, yeah. yeah, Rick and Morty, yeah. and then. They give him a card uh, like a some sort of a teddy bear because they find out that's why scary terry's like so mean is he didn't have any friends or some shit and they give him a present he goes 
Aw, bitch. <laughs> Good Freddy Krueger joke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we should probably wrap yeah, we should it wrap up. it up. Uh, yeah, I got nine pee. seven six evil. Um, nine seven six evil is it's something, isn't it? Yeah, it's fun. I think it is. It's I just think, fun. I think it is fun. I you know I went into it with literally no expectations. I I had no idea that Robert Anglin directed it until I saw it on the screen. So, not that that would change my expectations. I mean, it might because he was Freddy. But anyhow, I I went into it with an open mind, and I I wouldn't say that I loved it. I don't know if I liked. I mean, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I think it was entertaining enough. Looking at it from uh, like a, almost like an independent filmmaker point of view, like because it feels like an indie film very much while you watch it. Like, but then in the back of my head, I was like, "It's Robert England. Didn't he have a budget to do this?" And they're like, Low. "Nope." <laughs> yeah, it's like they got this almost like this abandoned town, and they were like, "Go shoot a film," and all the actors, you know. That's it. You know, they just got the actors together and they went and did their thing. But I think what they did with it, I think they had a cool concept. And I think for, what year was this? 88. 88. I think for 88, I think they pulled it off. I mean, it's by no means a big Hollywood film, but. Yeah, I've seen worse from that time. it's, it's, It's an interesting concept. And I think that other films of today have this, I think this film I don't. I don't want to call it a trailblazer, but I think <laughs> I, I think it had concepts that they still use today. I mean, I think even Scream with the telephone, I think is you know has to or owes a certain debt of gratitude to this film because that's what I kept thinking when I would hear the the devil on the other end of the phone. I was thinking, <laughs> like, that's in fucking- Elm Street. Freddy Krueger talks to her on the phone. Nineteen eighty-four. Tongue kisses her through the phone. (laughs) But still, I I can agree. Like I said, using the phone as the focus of where the evil threat's coming from. Right. Yeah. Even though when a stranger calls it, but but still, you know, killed the guy through the phone by like the voltage. Yeah. Okay. But but those. Or, that okay. one movie telephone where the uh, <laughs> 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 but okay well then like and I, I may be again way off I don't know my horror films like you guys but um, maybe like uh, anywhere from The Ring to VHS to like these not really VHS but like these films about objects that can kill you you know through a devil possession that we see them all the time now, right? I mean, they're yeah. all over the place. Devil computer, or devil. Like, yeah, whatever. evil speak. Evil speak. Yeah, exactly. Speak. Another movie where the nerd didn't it didn't pay off to fight back. Yeah, nineteen eighty four. Eighty three. Eighty three. Oh, we can call it die phone. Sorry, um, <laughs> sorry, Brett. You guys are just crushing my my theories, but that's fine. Nobody <laughs> saw nine seven six evil. So we can't say that anyone stole from it because nobody bitch. fucking saw the Don't movie. Don't say that. <laughs> but like, okay, if you talk to like Eli Roth, I'm saying the like same a, thing you were saying. Like Quentin Tarantino, they they've seen it. You know, like the filmmakers that are making movies today, they have seen this film because they've you know you talk, you listen to those guys talk on podcasts and they've seen everything, not just those two, but you know horror directors, whatever. Uh, is James Wan? Is it? Wan. I mean, I'm Wan. I, I'm sh- <laughs> I'm sure he's you know seen this and has put it to use somewhere. 
maybe that's all i'm gonna say about that but uh yeah i would i would definitely recommend it and the main reason why is because i want to go back and watch watch it again i want to watch the dvd you know i mean i (laughs) just to see it because you guys are saying how bad it is but uh yeah i would recommend it go to your local vhs machine and <laughs> get or your this. DeLorean. <laughs> yes. Available now on Laserdisc and video cassette. <laughs> go, go, get, get out your projector and watch it because it's, it's 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 interesting. I mean, don't have high hopes for it. Um, you might be disappointed. It's not like your big. It's not a Freddy Krueger movie, but it's definitely uh, worth watching. That's it, Gary. Uh, I'm. I went and saw it in theaters. I'm a child of that generation. If you go in understanding you're seeing an '80s horror movie, you can have a lot of fun with this movie. You can definitely do a lot worse. At the aforementioned evil speak, as a matter of fact. But, but uh, no, it is. It's, it's a Clint fun Howard. movie. I, yeah, yeah. Clint Howard. Uh, I've I've always enjoyed the movie. Uh, the one thing that I, I I did like when I saw it in theaters, the first thing that popped in my head when I saw these two together is, oh my god, that's Spike. The bulldog from the Warner Brothers cartoons, and a little yappy <laughs> dog was. that runs around with him. Hey, Spike! Hey, Spike! Hey, eh, yeah, shut that's up. that's what I saw yeah, when that's I stupid. when I saw these two together. But I, like I said, I always loved the movie. I, I love Stephen Joffrey's the way he portrays the character. Uh, I think he captured a little bit better in Fright Night as evil, but still, it's a great movie. I love it. I'd recommend it to anybody. Uh, if you're looking for a, a cinema, cinematographic cinema, special, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. But uh, you're not going to get that here. Uh, there's there's six <laughs> buildings. One of them is from Return of the Living Dead, I think. And uh, it just it's creepy that there's no one in the town. That's the one thing that always did bother me about the movie. But uh, if you're looking for great shots and great special effects, it's not going to happen. Uh, Marcus, when he's in the bathroom, how convenient that he wrapped the toilet paper big enough to cover the fact that he's not really missing a hand because <laughs> yeah, we can't afford to do that exactly. shot twice. But I think so. if you use toilet paper to try to stop a main blood like leak like that, it would take that much. But let's, let's not forget that you have to use the toilet paper with the tomato soup on top of it to cover that right. arterial wound. Yeah. So that's, but no, I, I would definitely recommend it to somebody that's into 80s horror. Well, all right. Okay, so I'm going to be the dissenting view here. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. This guy I like, like I 80s there. movies. No, that's not true because hey, there's a lot critters. of them that I do. <laughs> I, you know, but there, there is something about like 80s. Yeah, I don't want to bring up the dreaded 80s stank. But it, there's something about, like, I sit there going, like, if these things were made in the 70s, somehow they feel less cheap. Even though they were more cheap. I don't know how that works. <laughs> it's really weird. Yes. But, uh,. Yeah, I mean, I, I sat there and I'm like, okay, I mean, I, I saw this on video so many years ago that seriously, I have forgotten every, there are two scenes that I remembered from this movie, and I had a vague concept of how it was going to end, so this basically was, like, seeing it for the first time, and, uh, you know, I mean, I'm with it for a little while, and then about the midway mark, I want to say it was about the point that uh, they had uh, a hoax in the garbage can and were kicking the shit out of the garbage can. That, like, I started to go, like, you know, I don't know what the focus of this movie is. We've burned an awful lot of time. Like, wh- what's what's the main, like, thing that we're going after? And, like, how do we exploit that? Or, like, what's the thrill? Or, like, what's what are we doing here? I think that, you know, they were spending, like Travis was saying, they were trying to do a character piece. 
<clears throat> were they successful? I don't know. I think it was less in the writing and more on the actors that they cast in the parts. I think Stephen Jeffries just being an odd guy, you know, it's like he's got like a certain quality to him that I think you saw in Fright Night. Here's more of him doing that exact same thing. Um, I think the staging by Robert Englund was bad. I think it's one of the things where it's like it's a, you're a first time director and you're you're starting out, you know. I don't know. I, I I just didn't think that was from that angle. It was good. There was, I mean, on a screenplay level, it was like there's logical inconsistencies and stuff that was just. So I guess you know the thing that you guys are telling me is that you you know, irregardless of that, you had fun watching it. I know what that is. I've seen the Beyond. The Beyond makes no goddamn sense, but I love the fuck out of that movie, so I can appreciate it. But I'm just not in the club on this one for some reason. It kept me outside. By the end of it, at some point, I found. Uh, uh, you know, to kind of keep my interest level alive. At some point, it switched over in your head where you're actually watching this movie to like try and be like, "Oh, this is a movie." To like, this movie is fucking retarded, and I was mocking it and had a lot of fun doing that because I'm like, "This is ridiculous. What's going on? This is fucking stupid too. Oh, a, what the fuck are they doing here?" And then it was a lot of fun, but not, I think, in the way that anybody intended, and probably not the way you're supposed to watch it. And I'm like, "Would you recommend this to anybody?" Because it's like dreadfully probably boring nothing really happens there's no <clears throat> big moment i mean even the makeup is kind of like well this is we're working on some other movie that's bigger and we'll give you this makeup design on the side you know we're just gonna slip on some you know prosthetic gloves um yeah i don't know even the ending everything just kind of felt like you know we got these people together hey we're making a movie and we're doing it and like that's cool and but i don't necessarily think that that's enough to recommend it. So, I mean, I guess I'd give it a pass. And that's Travis. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I do recommend this fucking movie. Uh, I just like this movie. It's a quirky movie. It's weird. It's not the best, but it's better. Like, I would put this in, I mean, almost all horror movies from this era, to me, kind of blow because they're off they're all Freddy Krueger as soon as you got the leprechaun you got the Dr. Giggle I mean they are all tongue-in-cheek horror movies where really we're gonna give a body count with some fucking jokes or whatever you know that's all you really have to supply but I'd say that this is better than fucking probably 60% or 70% of those movies that came out after fuck yeah Fuck yeah. Because I'm shaking my head. You're shaking your head because all you're talking about is Freddy Krueger. You know, it's like, without thinking about the main fucking three that just had way more sequels that, you know, they needed. They overstayed their fucking welcome by 87, 80, fucking 8, right? So, uh, we were headed towards bad horror movies anyway. Because, I mean, horror movies in the early 90s were just fucking wretched. They're stupid as fuck. Is this better than any Nightmare on Elm Street movie? This is definitely better than Dream Child. <laughs> Part 5? Freddy 5 blows. I know it blows. I think that... It blows, yeah. <laughs> See, this is when you're going to talk about... Yeah, You've got like a fan thing, but that's not like a real... If I drug you off the street and made you watch Nightmare 5, you'll be like, What are you doing to me? <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> I thought Probably. we were friends. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, not a good... You know... <laughs> I would consider myself a Freddy fan, but man, Dream Child blows. Dream War ain't our dream. Uh, dream uh, Master ain't the fucking best either. <laughs> I think that's worse. Yeah, yeah. Four. Yeah, four, four is Dream yeah, Master. That's worse, and five is the remake. <laughs> it's actually a little better, but 
<laughs> the concept's too highfalutin. Yeah. But anyway, so like, yeah, it's not fucking perfect. If anything, I do love this movie more for the just the religious mom. I just think everything that actress does in this movie is gold. Everything she does in this movie just fucking cracks me up to like no ends. Uh, I like the bad guys, which to me is a lot. I just think you have to like bad guy, you know, because to me this is a character piece. How successful it is, yeah, you know, it's whatever. But I, you know, as much as they did, I think I just like what they did. I think they got good enough actors to pull it off. I, uh, you know, I think uh, it's funny when it needs to be, and not necessarily just at the idea of laughing at the movie. But I think it knows. You know the the type of crazy character that the mother is and uses that. But uh, I mean, it's definitely cheap on a lot of levels. But uh, you know, there's shit tons of like I don't know. I mean, all I can do is put it in perspective in a weird way. I mean, because I always like this, and I'm not even you know even when I had no perspective of horror movie. I mean, this is just one of those horror movies that as I was watching fucking horror movies, this this just caught my eyes. Like oh, I just love this movie. You know, you never know what horror. I had a buddy once that would rent fucking brain scan. Like, oh, I'm like, gonna say, like, have you? Have we, I could dude, not to mention brain movies scan. like that are like, man, the fans of those will fucking love. Like, those will become the cult classic. But if you don't fucking like, you just don't get it. And you're like, like, I hate brain scan. Hate it. Ever since I saw it, I hated it. My buddy wanted yeah, to rent that like every other fucking week. He just wanted to watch brain scan. Like it was a fucking masterpiece of horror cinema. <laughs> like a, it's this movie remade, basically. Well, he doesn't get possessed. It's the it's new medium. It's the video game that gets him this thing. Yeah. yeah, it's the new. But yeah, I mean, I do agree with Brent where it's probably not the first movie to use technology as the uh, whatever, but it, you know, it does seem more focused in this movie than it had been in a lot of, you know, quote-unquote previous movies. It just seemed like more of a focus. Through at least horror movies, through at least horror movies, not necessarily the uh, the nuclear fucking computers. Yeah. There's a lot of those type of movies in the seventies, eighties. The computer that's gonna whatever, but just like I'm the devil, call me back, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> Why haven't you called me? It's been two days. <laughs> So, I mean, I'll just always love this movie just because it's, I don't know, it's just ingrained in me. I mean, not a great movie, not a, like, I mean, I almost can't even, like, even when I talk about it, I almost can't even make specifics because it's like, there might not be no re- any reason I like this movie. I just like this movie. There's scenes from it I like to fucking mimic. There's dialogue from it I like to, you know, I just, it's a fun movie. I highly recommend it. Well, there you go. All right. So that's uh, Brain Scan. That's 976 <laughs> Evil on the Saturday Night Freak Show. As always, you can find all of our crap at uh, SaturdayNightFreakShow.blogspot.com. Watch our shit. iTunes, YouTube, we're everywhere. We're taking over your world. Just fucking accept it. Next week, Sean is not going to be here. So Brent is going to unleash upon us the following film titled Next week, we are going to watch uh, Badlands. Let's do it. I've been talking about it. Now we're going to do it. I've always wanted to see it. How about that? All right. Bam. Badlands. Next week on the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. And that's it.